Hello, Sexy Sunday. It's the best day of the week because I get to share a convo with you about sex, relationships, and being the most free and confident version of yourself. I'm big on making my own rules and normalizing these kinds of conversations because I believe that the more we talk about it, the better sex we're all gonna have because we'll be more educated and hornier. We walk around and hardly broach this topic in our normal lives, but I'm trying to change that. This is storytelling that's entertaining as hell, that will leave you laughing and gasping, introducing ideas that'll change you and break you open to celebrating your sexy self. Come with a curious head and brave heart, and let's play. I'm Bonnie Weeks, and this is gonna be fun. Welcome back to the podcast, sexes. <laughs> it is my favorite day because I get to record podcasts about sex, especially with my friend Rocky Heron. Welcome. Thank you for having me. This is my, well, I guess this is my first time on this particular podcast of yours, but yes. I will say that um, I always enjoy being a guest on your podcasts the most. So thank Yay. you for having me back. <laughs> Truly, truly. Uh, well, I mean, that just bring me a little bit of joy. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. I feel like I always, I always get to show up. I mean, I always show up anywhere I go as authentically as possible, but I feel like I can show up super authentically with you with no explanation of that. Like I don't have to like front load or, or prepare anybody for how I'm going to show up. It's just part of the invitation. So thank you for right. creating a space that really, that really advantages that for, oh for us. Yeah. Thank you so much. I just mm -hmm. am so appreciative of our ways we've interacted and overlapped over the years. And mm -hmm. I think that like lends itself to so much more openness, you know, and I'm like, mm -hmm. I, yeah, I think respect and, and grace and trust, like all of those things. So I feel it. Yeah. Um, well, we're here talking about sex. We have had the other podcast, which I've never, just to be clear, I've never, I've never had sex. So I just want to be, be <laughs> transparent that I'm coming into this pretty green. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a yogi, you know, so Ramacharya, I, uh, right, right, right. right. Yeah. Exactly. I've committed to a life of celibacy for a while now. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can share with like you what I think sex might be like. I've definitely thought about it a lot. <laughs> okay, yeah. In, in your, in your existence of never having sex, what do you mm -hmm. think about sex then since you haven't ever had it? Well, I imagine sort of like a donut and a banana and no, I'm not going to go. Like we can, we can end this bit. I'll, I'll, I'll show up authentically and honestly. Oh my gosh. This is amazing. This is amazing. Um, well, yeah. So what I feel like our last podcast, we've done two podcast episodes on yoga strong together. And there was a brief mention. I feel like in the second one, that kind of slanted towards sexuality in a way, but you know, here, today then we we're like okay let's open up everything mm -hmm. <laughs> acknowledgement <laughs> um ex and explore and all the things but um i think this is a really interesting kind of step into it because we have met through the yoga world mm -hmm. of this idea of celibacy of this idea of sexual restraint and that that mm -hmm. is actually one of the teachings of yoga mm -hmm. is rather fascinating and kind of like exploring, um, I'm reading the book, uh, flow 
mm-hmm. and uh, I can't pronounce the last name of the dude. He's like, it's like 15 letters long, mm-hmm. but, you know, talking about energy and talking about the ways that we might lean into different um, I don't know, things. Like, I mean, I don't want to like name sex as, as, a, as anything besides sex, but like sex, or then you can lean into, uh, we could talk about food or we could talk about different drugs or different things. And how mm-hmm. does that like affect us in our flow and our energy and, mm-hmm. and where might it be too much or mm-hmm. actually taking from us? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess it's like that, that awareness of attention, but that it actually is within yoga philosophy and yoga practices mm-hmm. to not is kind of fascinating. Well, I guess it's how you interpret I mean, what's interesting about anything in yoga philosophy. You can sort of take things through a more traditional lens. Like for example, the yoga sutras, you could take uh, uh, Brahmacharya, one of the, is that one of the yamas or niyamas? I forget. Um, it's probably a, well, probably a yama, right? I don't do. Um, and if you take that through, if you interpret that, you know, more traditionally, it looks like a life of celibacy, but my understanding of brahmacharya is it means to to walk with God, um, which I interpret more through a tantric lens as sort of recognizing the divinity within you. And it's sort of the recognition that you don't, um, uh, almost sort of like being being able to be self-reliant to your own satisfaction. And I think a lot of the thirst or the craving for sex is born out of um, a feeling of maybe emptiness or a feeling of uh, incompleteness and wanting to kind of close the circuitry, close your circuitry, connect uh, so that you can feel whole. And Brahmacharya for me is the recognition that, you know, regardless of how you are wired, even if it, even if you feel, we all feel different when we come together and, and sex is a very pleasurable, satisfying thing, or it can be. Um, but uh, where, where does the desire come from? Where, like what, from where is that desire born? Is it born from a place of feeling alone or isolated or disconnected or inadequate or somehow craving validation? Um, or does it come from a place of wholeness and then the desire to, you know, to interface and connect and, and um, uh, synergize, like synthesize and synergize with the other. And so, yeah, I, I interpret Brahmacharya less as, as sort of celibacy or asceticism and more the recognition that you sort of have, you are complete and have everything that you need um, Mm -hmm. on your own. And, and from that place, you know, merging with the other or engaging in whatever it is, um, does not necessarily have to be sexual. Yeah. Okay. So like stepping into that space then of saying, but if we move into sex from a place of recognizing that we are whole Mm -hmm. by ourselves, that we don't need to fill or be fulfilled by another person, which mm-hmm. I mean, we're a little bit fallible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, actually, I would just like some validation. Somebody come tell me mm-hmm. I'm beautiful. Like, that's mm-hmm. great right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be part of our our humanness. But this idea mm-hmm. of of God of and I, I often think of I think of actually while having sex, I'm like, this is God. Like. Mm-hmm. 
if something is God, this is God. Mm-hmm. That like, how do you, how do you even describe that? How do you describe mm-hmm. that when like the pleasure is there and you're like with somebody and you're like, mm-hmm. this is what God is. Mm-hmm. There's no words. And just like you. when you're in that like whole wholeness space that like, then you like, you feel that. And so I think that's like kind of a, a, I don't know, like a cool way of like the way that I thought about it too. And it's making me think about confidence mm-hmm. because I think there's a bit of confidence that has to come then if you're going to walk in the world and say, I'm whole, mm-hmm. I am not lacking something because that's not how I think maybe we in general might walk around in the world. Mm-hmm. And of course that can differ from day to day and within a single day. So what to you or for you mm-hmm. works to help build your confidence in yourself, especially then in relationship to owning like your, your sensual self. Mm. Mm. this idea of like building confidence i think there's a i I hear a lot of people talk about this of like what what does that mean and how do you do it Mm -hmm. well i can share that a a big part of confidence is self-love and having love for yourself is sort of the mundane version of having a a more sort of transcendent love of being yourself and being alive and being in the world. And I know for me, I have the capacity, I mean, we all do. I have the capacity to love myself very profoundly. Um, But that wasn't something that I was, I mean, maybe I was born with it, but it was definitely something that I was, um, conditioned out of as, as so many of us are. And, um, the way that I went about loving myself was finding or seeking or looking for other people to love me so that I could use them as evidence that I am indeed lovable. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, so then the, the satisfaction that I felt in, in being loved by another person was really the satisfaction of, you know, sort of by proxy, like loving myself. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so certainly I've gone through quite a large portion of my life, really experimenting and sampling and, and looking and seeking and finding and losing and, you know, going through all this sort of trial and error to acquire evidence that I have a right to be confident, that I have a right to love myself, that I, I, I qualify, you know, as a, as a, as a beautiful person. And a lot of that did come from sort of contorting myself in any number of ways to receive that feedback from my environment and it's certainly and also and and not and also the opposite i've had tons of of experiences that would suggest that i am not lovable and that i'm not beautiful and that i'm not i i i i don't have a right to be confident um and so i guess for me it's just sort of come with with maturity and the wisdom to recognize okay uh, like i've been thinking about this a lot in, in regards to sex like a lot of what fueled my sexual desire in the past was this desire to to figure out what I like and to learn more about myself and to to experiment with with not just what I like but also like what I uh, like almost like based on the people that I was able to attract sexually I 
was able to better see myself and my attractiveness, you know, if that makes sense. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I've just arrived at a point where like, I'm not really interested in playing that game anymore. Uh, I'd rather just walk. It's not to say like I walk around the world loving myself consistently, but when I am out in the space and I am looking, you know, or, or if I am uh, a craving kind of sexual connection from that, that, outdated place of, of wanting to, to receive the validation or ultimately wanting to arrive at a place of loving myself. Um, I just re- remind myself, you know, that I can be self-reliant to that, that self-love. Um, and it doesn't have to necessarily just be love of self. It can be the love of my body. That's a more sort of sensual uh, love and appreciation, certainly my yoga practice and, and all of my investigating into the wonder of of mm-hmm. our physicalness has contributed to that. Um, the love of spirit, like the more kind of childlike love that can can move through a love of, of the mystery of life, you know, all, all these different forms of love that I can emanate. Um, I don't want to say it's, it's diminished my desire for sexual connection, but it's, it's, it's allowed me to approach it from a different a different place did that answer yeah. your question yeah there's so yes, much about confidence but you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean you're a sexy human thank you and as I are mean, you i am happy to have you on the podcast for this conversation but i think that you were um because of that i'm like who's who's one of the sexy friends rocky right um i feel valid i think <laughs> i think like your sexiness is is so many different things. And I think, I mean, I, I say this often, I'm like everybody, you're all, you're, everybody's more than one thing. You're more than mm-hmm. one thing. And so your physical appearance, sexy, right? But like the way you show up and your eye contact, sexy, the way you actually like pay attention and you listen to people, you're thoughtful about a way that you respond, sexy. Like the way that you lean into different things that bring you joy, sexy the way that you walk into a room and you're like confident because of that awareness of self i mean your reflection here is like you know that's your internal dialogue hearing that like but that is like it is sexy to me when i i don't know i just i'm just happy to have this conversation with you because i'm like i just need to have this conversation out of my own head i'm like i think one of the things that is so sexy to me is when people you can, you can tell, you can tell when people are like, I'm the shit, not in an arrogant way, not in a, like walk on everybody else in order to get there. Just like I am mm-hmm. like, just like an, I am a sort of presence arriving in the room without power to prove, mm-hmm. but just being, and I think that you arrive in that. Thank you. It's, um, it makes me think about, well, you know, we've, we've talked quite a bit off air about human design and I know we have a scheduled conversation to talk more about that uh, in the near future, but something that I've come to learn, something that human design has, has, I don't want to say taught me, but sort of made me more aware of is the power of my energy field, the power of my aura and quite literally how penetrating and how penetrative my aura is. I don't mean that like in sort of a 
you know, woo-woo kind of way, but like quite literally the like bioelectromagnetic field that I emanate is very, very affecting and very penetrating. Um, and it's also very permeable. Like I also really take in other people's energies quite a lot. So in a, in a sense, like, can I curse on this podcast? Yes. Like in a, in a sense, like when I walk into a room, I, I I'm aware that like I'm kind of fucking everybody in the room, <laughs> like with my aura, with my energy, and then add it add on top of that, like the way that I particularly connect, I, I have it in my design to be someone. I may have the gate of sexuality, which is is really the gate of like bond making and facilitating connection, um, and and penetrating. You know, it's a penetrative penetrative gate. Um, and it particularly shows up in my design through the archetype of the, the the one night stand, which is is really somebody who can form meaningful, deep, and and you know perfected relationship, whether that relationship lasts for one night or whether it lasts for an eternity. And so I just carry within me this capacity and this interest in deeply connecting with the people that I interface with. And in my mind, it's not like, oh, I want to go deep. It's just like, I often have conversations with people where to me, it just feels like a normal conversation. And to them, they're like, wow, I can't believe we're going so deep. I can't believe I'm sharing this with you. Okay. But um, I'm like, oh, I'm just, this is just, to me, this is just where I'm interested in, in, in engaging. You know, anything yeah. kind of more superficial than that just feels superficial. It feels kind of like small talk and kind of tedious and not doesn't trivial doesn't really interest me so what's interesting for me when you when you share that about my my sexiness which i appreciate is that i also you know within my within the world and certainly within my community um as as a gay man there are the people that are very mm, that are on that same level with me there are people that sort of can get on that level with me for the moment that we're interacting. And then when we say goodbye, they're sort of like a little bit still kind of shaken by the depth of what they just experienced. And I'm not even talking about sexually. <laughs> That's a whole other right. thing. Um, um, there's the folks that, that experience, <laughs> experience that connection for a moment. And then we say goodbye. And then there's sort of like, it can create an attachment you know, where it's like, oh, this person just saw me so much more deeply than I usually, that I'm accustomed to being seen. Uh, I, I need more of that. And I may or may not be available for that. And then there's a lot of people that are just completely freaked out by it. And I, I repel just as many people as I attract. Um, and and I think that's the part that for me over the years was really confusing because I'm like, you know, I don't feel, I'm not, I, I don't feel like I'm a super intense person. I'm a large person. I can have an intimidating presence. Um, you know, I feel like I have a healthy sense of who I am and, and, uh, I, I move, I move through the world confidently, but also with casually, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a very, like, I don't, I don't carry like a very heavy footprint around with me. Um, but as I've come to understand my energy fields, uh, more, I do recognize that even, even just me walking into the room, whether I say anything or not, <laughs> there is, there is an impact that I carry that can, that relative to, you know, whoever it is, can feel very, very deep. And depth is something that thrills a lot of people and also really scares a lot of people. And so I think my, my sensitivity around all of that has also increased my sensitivity around 
the actual physical act of sex because it's interesting that at least in my community a lot of guys are way more comfortable literally penetrating each other than they are in having a penetrative energetic interact exchange mm. that feels more vulnerable than like actually being inside of somebody or, or vice versa um and so i think for me in the past i was definitely uh be- unaware of the impact of my energy and i was just more aware of like am i like physically connecting with somebody or not and so i had a lot more sex and i was much more thirsty like, thirsty for 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 sex i mean part of that was my hormones and all that but um and now i i still love sex but i also i I recognize that like everywhere i go every conversation that i have every connection that i have that's like sincere and that's um that's real and that's that's Mm -hmm. you know relatively deep there's a sexual connection within there's a sexuality in that that um you know doesn't necessarily relate or result in like an orgasm but it, yeah. it, it in a sense it does like there's a satisfaction in that yeah i i i totally understand what you're saying i think that there is i think there is a choice to lean in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I, I think that it is sex in that way i, I know that uh, same as you, same as you're, you're sharing here, the response I've gotten from other, um, from, from men, from men, mm-hmm. um, in different times than I've gone out with different people is the same comment of like, you're really big. Like mm-hmm. there's like, or, or, or the word intense, the word mm-hmm. intense. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, uh, I'm like, I haven't okay, said well, anything and I'm what just does vibing. That mean? <laughs> They're like, yeah. it's not that you're a tall person, even though you're a tall person. So it's like the same, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the same way you have just said it. So I'm like, I understand that. And also it, having the opportunity to, I think, you know, when I opened my marriage and I was like, okay, go sex, ready, set, go. And, mm-hmm. you know, tried a, a bunch of different things for, for, a you know, very short amount of time really Mm -hmm. where I was like, okay, this is what we're going to try. But Mm -hmm. I think having the opportunity then to like try on so many different things to then reflect on, on things too, to be like, okay, wow. Mm -hmm. Um, And pay attention to how that affects me, how I feel with it, how other people approach me. Cause it is a different sort of interaction where it's like, Mm -hmm. how deep is the conversation? Is it just, we're going deep and physical Mm -hmm. and, and the way that that interaction has gone is fascinating and has allowed me then the opportunity now to, I could recognize like when I am in a room with somebody or whatever, in a conversation with somebody, I, I'm going to lean in. Like I'm mm-hmm. leaning into like being there with that person. Mm-hmm. It is so satisfying to me mm-hmm. to like be there and be with them. That does not mean we're having sex. I'm just like there. And I think especially for my interactions with men is that I, that is often interpreted as if I am there ready to be like, let's hook up, let's do a thing. And I'm like, I'm just not afraid of you. Like, I'm not afraid of you as a dude. Like I know where I stand. I know that this feels good and I actually don't need more from you or want more from you. I just like that how we're meeting right here and this Uh is like this is amazing 
can I, yeah. can I, sh- I, again, I know this isn't the human design episode, but can I share something about your design just since I know yes. your chart? So, um, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a generator type, so I have a, the defined sacral center, which is very much connected to like sex or sexuality mm-hmm. uh, and, and uh, the availability of sex. So when I talk about this gate that I have, that's the sort of penetrative gate of bond making. It comes out of my sacral, right? It, 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 it's, yeah. if there's something that I see that I respond to that I want to connect with my, my sacral goes like, yes, you know, and I, yeah. and, and then I move towards that thing. Um, you have actually the harmonic gate that connects with that, but it comes out of your emotional center. You have the open sacral. So like, even what you're describing is like, you don't have that sacral energy intrinsic to you, but but when you're around it, you are very absorbed by it. You know, you amplify it, you feel it. Um, and, and you have this gate coming out of your emotional uh, center that, that points to the sacral. And it's this gate that's all about intimacy. Uh, it's called the gate of conflict. But really, it's, it's sort of being, being open to intimacy or not, right? Mm-hmm. It's like an attunement to intimacy or even sometimes a fear of intimacy. Um, and so it's interesting as you're, as you're describing that dynamic of like, when, when you're around somebody with, with sacral energy that feels or whatever energy, but certainly like in our exchange, you know, I, I bring kind of the more penetrative aspect of that and yours is more, you know, encoded receptive, but there is still a, a, you have to sort of lean into that. Mm-hmm. So when there's that energy that's more kind of penetrative and you're open to it, where it doesn't blast you away, where you're like, no, yeah. which I'm sure like happens to you plenty. There's plenty of times you're like, that, that doesn't fit. But when it's a yes, you know, the leaning in is an open, being an open to the receptivity of that energy, which yeah. can feel very, I mean, there's, there's like rejection that can happen on both sides of that, right? Like you can be ready to like break down the barrier and penetrate or you can also be like, I am, I'm, I'm letting my, my barriers down to be penetrated by your energy, whether that's, mm-hmm. you know, sexual, sexually, or, or again, just energetically. And when, when that, when that merger is sweet, it's really, really sweet, whether that's through, through, through the screen, through conversations that we're doing right now, or whether that's like through the actual sexual act, it can be very sweet, but when it's not, you know, when it's intimidating or when it feels precarious or when it feels unsafe or when it feels not mutual, um, it, it can feel, I mean, if, if it's, if it's, if it's just a no, it's a no, but I, I do, like, I recognize that mm, opening yourself up and it being sort of, and that being, being intense can feel in a similar way you know, not great (laughs) to being willing to like connect and penetrate and someone saying no, you know what I'm saying? Like, like Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's an interesting dance that we engage in. And certainly the older I get, um, I'm just more sensitive to the nuances of that. Absolutely. And, and, and having a more penetrative energy in that regard too, to me that that used to manifest more as like trying trying to penetrate trying to find an opening mm-hmm. trying you know chasing or looking or um pursuing um as opposed to attracting which felt like more of a receptive quality i felt like it was, it was sort of expected that i would be kind of the hunter in, in like looking yeah. for interactions that could fulfill me and um that's something i've I, i'm getting better at 
really letting go of and recognizing that the people that are that are open to being penetrated penetrated by my my energy um will come together seamlessly it's not something Mm. i need to go out hunting for Mm. necessarily Mm. which has resulted in like different types of sexual exchanges you know and my partner and i are open too so uh you know the the sexual dance is a much different dance that i'm engaged in now than it than it was when i was younger but part of that was also just like sex was sort of uncharted territory that i was trying to chart like little by little to figure out what my sexual like identity actually was and um and there was a lot of cool discovery in that yeah. Okay. Let's jump there. Um, so being open, if you're open, has it always been that in relationships you've been in? Um, no, not like from the jump, like, you know, coming together in the relationship and then being like, we're open. Um, and it's, I wouldn't even say like open, Open is a pretty open-ended term. Yes. Um, <laughs> so it's not of, like speaking of nuance. There's a lot of nuance in that. Yeah. So like, open has meant different things at different times in different relationships. Sometimes it's meant to my partner, like you know, I really want to be monogamous, but I don't want to lose this person, so I'm going to go along with being open, even though I don't want to be. <laughs> and that's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, open has just meant that like there are not fixed assumptions about how our relationship is going to operate you know we have agreements and from time to time those agreements need to be updated and refreshed and it's it's an open conversation um that uh that the way in which we're going to connect with each other and connect with other people is is somewhat fluid you know it's it's And in many instances, because it's, it's my partner's first time in an open relationship, like I've had some some practice mm-hmm. and I've been able to kind of learn what I'm what I'm comfortable with, what I'm not comfortable with. And I can articulate that like sort of going in. Um, and for my partner, it's been more of, you know, sort of like in theory, I'm cool with that. And then we experience it or encounter it. And then he can be like, I'm cool with that. But here's, you know, here's the caveat or here's what's important to me. And that, you know, so it's, it's, it's an ongoing evolving. Oh, pardon me. That's my, that's my coffee maker that might, might just be haunted. Just tell us that. No, I think having as a first time, you know, I don't know. I, any time that I went out, when I was first open in my relationship uh-huh. and anytime I might've gone out with other people who it was their first interaction of being open. I was like, okay, hold on to your seat. <laughs> like, huh. There's just, there's just a lot to learn. Like there's a lot to discover about yourself. Yeah. I mean, and I'm, I'm, I think sometimes the assumption is that being in an open relationship, it means that you don't get jealous and, or, or you know, that things, mm-hmm. uh, whatever, whatever that looks like for you. And for me, it's almost more that I'm more interested in exploring jealousy than I am in just removing every possible variable that could produce it, variable mm-hmm. that could produce it. Um, because, I mean, there are, ins- like I, so for me, it's, it's, it's a matter of exploring respect and sort of dis- 
examining, re-examining, and kind of dismantling all of the the variables that like were were programmed to produce feelings of jealousy or possession. So that's usually the conversations we have. It, it has less to do with with jealousy, like I want you, like you're mine, or I want you to myself, or like that other person cannot have you. Um, and it has more to do with how how we we navigate that with respect. Hmm. Hmm. Do you find? Uh, I don't know if this is a very good question because this is a forever moving target in mm. a way. Do you find that you have more conversations around your partner feeling like facing what it means to be jealous or yourself? Um, With like given uh, your prior experience. Yeah. Well, in, in the past, I think more so my partners than myself. And I think going back to my design, like I have, like I said, I have this archetype in me that, that is very much about connecting with the other and, and I can connect with anybody. You know, I, I, the, the other part of like the archetype of the one night stand is that like, there's a lot of people that I can connect deeply with that I can only really stand for one night. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> um, so like if you're someone that's in my life, for a long period of time, like that's really, that's a meaningful connection. And, and a lot of the people that are in my life that I feel very deeply connected to, in many, many of them, I might not even speak to more than once or twice a year, you know, but like yeah. once I forge a connection with, with certain people, that connection can, can really, can really last. So the barrier of entry for me with sort of a sexual exchange is, is that like, I, I need to be able to create a connection with you that feels that feels interesting or substantive or synergistic or like even just electromagnetic um, for the moment, like in that moment. Whereas for my partner, he also has this this gate of sexuality, but it, it shows up in a different archetype for him. It's more in the archetype of friendship and brotherhood. So like the barrier of entry for him is more that he needs to feel like almost that like your friends first, like he needs to feel comfortable and safe and connected in a, in a more kind of brotherly sense before the sexual dance can occur. And so before, like before we knew our design that created a, a, sometimes a, a complicated dynamic because it, it seemed to him that I was just sort of freely giving my energy away to people <laughs> or with, without them having first kind of proven themselves as like, you know, part of the tribe or like, you know, mm. and, and so, um, and, 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 and vice versa, like, likewise for him, I would feel like why well, you're so kind of like, you're so particular about who you will let in, like kind of preemptively rejecting other people, you know, like in my mind that, that felt unfounded. Um, but for him, it's cause like he has a really strong filtration system that can tell like, yeah. if this person is one of my people, or if it's not, and unless you're kind of one of my, my people first, you know, anything beyond that is not going to happen. Um, so definitely my design advantages more of sort of, a uh, an interest in like sexual diversity, the diversification of, of connection. Well, again, whether that's like sexually or even just like, you know, we'll laugh, like we'll go out to like a club or something and like, he can't find me for a second. And like, I'm on the dance floor, like, you know, 
super up close with someone having a really deep like conversation <laughs> with like some stranger and he's like no oh, there goes rocky like you know and then i'll say goodbye and i'll never see that person again like it's 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 just kind of how i connect so yeah i wouldn't uh like looking back, I didn't necessarily understand these dynamics with my partner. So there, there was a lot of just us trying to understand each other and explain ourselves to each other. Um, so definitely like human design has given us, you know, I think a language where we can better understand and, and, and respect that like, and trust. We, and trust. Yeah. That like, just because I'm, I'm deeply connecting with somebody for a moment or for a night or whatever, it doesn't mean that I'm going to like leave you and run away with them and be with that. Like it doesn't even mean I'm interested in like a, an ongoing relationship with that person. It's also not put on. It doesn't mean I'm just sort of using that person. It, it means like I can be present and, and, and connected and, and yeah. available. Um, and then not, mm-hmm. um, as and that also, leave, that and also, then they leave shaken as you. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh my gosh, who is this person? I just well, I mean, at the same time, like if I if I have connected with somebody, it's not like I will then just ignore them or like not, you know, I'm I'm you you reach out to me, um, you want to have a conversation, you want to, but usually like the, a lot of times the people that I'll like have a a a sexual connection with, um. It, it it's like that's you know in the gay world too we kind of it, it's we joke that like sex is sort of like the gay handshake. It's kind of like often how people, how we like meet each other um, is like kind of meet, like hook up. And then we see if like, Oh, is there a possibility for like friendship here? Is there like, you know, what, what next? Um, So, you know, it's not uncommon that like I'll have some exchange like that and then cut to like a few weeks later and the person's asking me for like, you know, tips on starting a yoga practice or like, how can I learn more about human design or like, let's, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. now let's actually like, um, connect in, in, in other ways. Yeah. Yeah. What about for you? I mean, do you, do you, I guess I would, I'm curious the same me. questions for you. Go. Yes. Go ahead. Well, well, I guess like, you know, you mentioned that it was relatively newer for you like exploring kind of openness how was that exchange or how was that dance for you with like jealousy or boundary or respect or feeling disrespected like how did that all kind of commingle great question i think i think an interesting piece of my open relationship story like i said you know when i dove into that i was married then and Mm -hmm. i I didn't feel jealous once. Mm-hmm. And I've always felt like that is interesting. I think in that time, there was two instances with two, two different people that I felt jealous. Um, but it was because they were somebody that I would like to be with. One of them was with their wife. And I was like, wow, I'm feeling hella jealous right now. You were jealous of your husband experience. No. Nope. Nothing to do with my ex. There's a dude, another dude that I was interested in uh-huh. that I was sleeping with. Uh-huh. And I became jealous of the time that he gave. Oh, I see. Of, I see. Like, I see. When like this other dude and his wife were just hanging you out. You got jealous of the others. And I was like, whoa, this is like, okay, okay, interesting. And then there was, uh, there was another dude too that was with somebody else that I was like, 
that is where I want to be. And uh-huh. so uh-huh. those were those were interesting things for me. And yeah, I don't know. I think it's have you explored openness in your relationships since? In the current one, uh, we have not. It is like a continual conversation. Uh-huh. And you know, TBD. Um, but the one right before this, it was like almost a year uh, openness towards the end of it. And honestly, it didn't do it very well. I've been in like the the other person, it was their first time. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't enough communication there either. But I think I, I think that, hmm, what do I want to say? I think that I was looking for other things. I think mm-hmm. I was looking for a different relationship, but I still mm-hmm. wanted to be with that person too, because mm-hmm. I really care about that person. Mm-hmm. And so I think there was, I think there was not enough communication in that one. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, I'm just, the mechanics are always so different. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know for myself that um, I am. I'm a very independent person, a very self-reliant person. And, you know, understanding my kind of hardwiring, my, my circuitry, like I'm a very kind of self-contained. And so when I reach out to connect with people, that's what I was saying in the beginning, like I, it used to be kind of out of this, this false, you know, narrative or assumption that I had that I was not complete and I needed mm. other people to sort of like complete me. Um, and now I recognize it's, it's not that I'm whole in the sense that I have everything that I, that I am, that everything lives in me. I have the potential to experience everything, but what is fixed in me consistently is, is not inadequate, is not incomplete, even though the world may, and definitely does like, like condition us to, to feel like the things that are open in us, the things that we don't have are things that we need to cultivate or we need to work on, or when we meet somebody that has those things, you know, we're inclined to kind of grip onto them and, and cling onto them because they give us a sense of, of more, like more completeness. Yeah. So, you know, some people are wired to have a lot going on within them, but depending on who they're with those, like their hardwiring can kind of come together mm-hmm. and they can feel like there's a, a greater synthesis uh, uh, of information moving through them. And, you know, those are the types often that will gravitate more towards like monogamous connection. If they find, if they find the person that, that I don't want to say completes, but they find the person that like bridges all of the, the, yeah. the splits within them, um, you know, it's, it's, you can kind of hold on to that person a lot more people like you and me, you know, there's a lot of openness in us. There's a lot of things that we're not. And so when we're around those things, we might light up and feel more dynamic and feel more alive and feel more interesting or interested. And, um, Mm -hmm. but like at our, at our, at our core, we we do have a sort of self-contained circuitry. And so I'll, I'll like, in, in human design, it's called single definition. So like my understanding is that, that people with single definition certainly can function in monogamous relationships, but there's a, there's a greater sort of independent spirit um, that it's, it's not that we're designed to be polyamorous necessarily, or that, you know, there's, there's all these different kinds of partnerships right. that will link us up. It's, it's almost like, for me, it feels like there's just more of a curiosity 
in exploring other types, not because of how it like completes me, but just because of the the various ways that it like lights me up. Yeah. And and and, and so the diversification of like any kind of connection with certainly sexual experience for me, um, it's not about looking for the person that's going to, you know, bring me the best, most satisfying sex of my life. It's about just exploring the novelty of different mm-hmm. interactions. That said, I've done a lot of that. And I am at a point now where like, I'm not really experimenting or, or you know, trying to figure these, like I do know what I like. And so this phase in my life, it definitely feels like I'm much more interested in like the perfect, um, like a perfected connection. Again, not like as a singular thing, but like, unless it's going to be really satisfying, you don't know until you engage in it, but like, True. unless it's, unless unless it's going to be great (laughs) um i'm really not interested i'm really not interested unless you're like a full like okay everything i think of like going down your head you know you're like okay head heart gut yeah how how is the whole body feeling okay let's like this is going to be good yeah if if my whole being lights up and it's like a yes then Mm -hmm. it's a yes yeah if if i'm just horny and like there's there's someone available or 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 vice versa you know if it's if it's not a full body yes it's like eh, it's not it's not yeah. it's not just not worth it um i don't know how i got on that particular no, tangent but let's let's keep going here and so in your knowing of self and exploring you're like okay i know what i you know i know what i like now so what are your non-negotiables in sex or in a sexual interaction Mm. Can you say, can you, can you maybe have, ask me in a different way? <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you like? This red flags? Is what, no, non-negotiables as in like what you want. You're like, if we're going to interact, this is absolutely what I would like us to do together. Mm. What I would want, what would feel good to me. Well, I, honestly, like in, in, in my world, like in the gay world, a lot of those non-negotiables really have more to do with like the logistics of like roles. You know, I'm more top, like I'm like, I would, I would identify as like a versatile top. So, you know, just in terms of like sexual positions, you know, if someone comes at me and is really like only interested in me as a bottom, for example, um, I, you know, I'd be like, that's not really something that I'm interested in doing exclusively. Like, you know, if there could be more of a fluid exchange of kind of roles, that would be fun for me. But if I'm just going to show up and be, I mean, I should never say never, like I've had, I, I could be in the mood and that could be a thing. Um, so yeah, a lot, I could go, I could go down the list of like what I'm into and, and what I like. Um, but most of the non-negotiables have to do with like, um, just kind of sexual logistics with, with, you know, with a man and a woman, um, not to say there's, there's plenty of opportunity for exploration and like fluidity and and all that, but with two men, um, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily assumed that, that the roles are going to be defined in one way or the other. Like, that's why, like, if you are looking at any, like the, the hookup apps, like your profile will include (laughs) like, 
all of your stats and what you're into and then, you know, all these kind of things. It's a very, it's a very interesting culture, the sort of hookup culture in the gay, in the gay world that like, you know, there's, there's the initial attraction and then there's sort of like the, um, there's, there's the exchange of information to even just see if, if logistically (laughs) it's going to work. Yeah. 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 I mean, okay, so let's- Is that not what you're like, asking? <laughs> nope, that is, that like is what I'm That is what I'm asking, <laughs> but now I want more. So um, <laughs> that's what she said. So um, in regards, how about in regards to foreplay? How about in regards to like getting turned on? I mean, you've talked about conversation and about like dropping in. Is there, I mean, and to me, I'm like, that's 100%. Like you hook me, you like be there and we start talking combo. Like I'm, I'm there, uh-huh, like uh-huh, I'm here, uh-huh. but what else? Yeah. I mean, it's not to say like, if I'm going to have sex with somebody that like, we have to first have a really great conversation. Like if the chemistry is there and someone comes over and we're just like locked into each other and we go for it. And then we like chit chat afterwards. Like that's fine Mm -hmm. too. Um, I will say that like, I guess. So I don't, I don't like quickies like i don't if someone just like wants to come over and like bang it out and leave i'm like yeah i'd I'd much rather have you know time to like to i don't like i don't like pressure so like pressure is always kind of a non-negotiable if it's like hey real quick let's just do this Mm -hmm. like first of all i just my body doesn't work that way like i need to kind of as soon as i know that we have a, a finite amount of time it actually turns me off versus like turns me on usually um so I, yeah, one, one, one non-negotiable usually is like, if someone's like, I only have 30 minutes, come over and blah, blah. I'm like, nah, let's just wait till we have time to, to actually like vibe together. You know, that yeah. doesn't have to necessarily be verbal, but like, I want to be able to get into a rhythm with somebody. Um, pheromones are really big for me. Like, um, I couldn't identify what, I mean, there's, it's subtle, but like the chemistry of like someone's taste and someone's smell and their flavor, like I can, you know, hook up with the most beautiful, attractive person ever that like, you know, checks every box in terms of like what I'm, what I'm into. But like, if the, if the flavor is not correct, it's a big, it's a big turnoff for me. So like, that's something you don't know until you're, until you meet up with someone or, you know, unless you meet up out and about like um that might be what initially hooks me with somebody um physically i i you know there's a particular body type that i just like the feel of um i'm i in terms of like height i don't care like i'm really tall i mean my my last partner was like i think five three or five four so like i because you know guys will come up to me and like i know I don't know. They make assumptions. I'm only must be into like other guys that are tall. Like, I, I don't care about that. Uh, pheromones and kind of like body type and how it feels. Um, historically, I'm not, I'm usually, I'm not a big, like hairy <laughs> hair lover. <laughs> so, you know, there's different types. There's different types, yeah. types of guys, um, you know, and like, in in like our our vernacular there's you know we call them different tribes you know like there's the the bears and the twinks and the the jocks and the this and that so yeah uh i i I tend to gravitate towards a a smoother more manicured manscaped body 
Um, do you want more? <laughs> I, keep... <laughs> I mean, like, this is great. Like, you're doing great. <laughs> yeah, anyone out there that, like, meets meets these, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> like, uh, requirements, we can reach bio, out to me. Link in bio. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Slide in my DMs. Um, DMs slash OnlyFans. Yeah, and I, uh, oh, there was one I was going to share that was that was less kind of aesthetic and, and, and superficial, but <laughs> I forgot what it was. No, but I, I think, you know, my... my. <laughs> oh, I actually, I remember. Can I, can okay, I share go. this one? Yes, uh, I, it, so, so I don't like it when I'm fetishized or when somebody, um, like sometimes guys will will see me and want to kind of like cast me. I don't, I'm not a really like kinky guy. I don't have a lot of like fantasy where it's like, oh, I'll play... I'll play this archetype for you and you'll be this archetype for me. And we'll just like, you know, I'll just pretend I'm a different person. Like when it comes to sex, I, I really like the collaborative nature of it. And I'm, I really, uh, the best kind of sex for me is one where like, we're both interested in like pleasuring each other. So, you know, there's, there's, there's a, a lot of types in my community that like, they really want to be dominated they really want to be submissive and they want like you know they want to call me daddy and they want to do it you know they want me to like just completely like uh, dominate them and i'm a big person but like and i can dominate energetically but um i don't i don't like it when there's assumptions made that like oh i must be into this particular thing and so guys kind of just come at me hard with like a particular yeah. like role and then without even paying attention to like oh is that what i like because that's really how i mm. i i interplay with sex is like paying attention to what is is you know pleasurable to the other person and when when that's mutual you can right. like build something and create something that's really satisfying Absolutely. Well, it is this whole dance in between. I mean, just because you're tall doesn't mean you you don't want to be the little spoon. Sometimes. Sure, make me feel small. Hold me. Uh huh. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I I think I am appreciative of this conversation too. Is I my oldest, who's 16, he's now had his first kiss, mm. when, and had his heart broken by, mm. by the same oh. first kiss person. <laughs> no, you know, he's like, get that heartbreak out of the way early. Oh my gosh, he's like. <laughs> I just been trying so hard and like I was finally excited to just be with somebody and oh. and I was just like I I think you've been messaging people for like three months like <laughs> we're gonna be okay <laughs> no but um but just like the, I'm having these conversations where he's bringing up about aesthetics and about like mm. attraction and and I've told them I've told my kids I'm like the if I lined up the the people that I've kissed they look so vastly different from each other. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many different people in there. Um, and that's exciting to me. There's, you know, it's all energy of, of sorts and experimenting. And, and so I kind of like, you know, it's like this part of conversation with him of like validating, like, yeah, like there is going to be an attraction. And also that can look like a lot of different things mm -hmm. And for him, where he is looking for a certain aesthetic or like, well, this person is this, or this person is this. And and with his this person that broke his heart, he's like, you know what? She was really cool because, you know, some of the girls who were cute, they're just kind of like a trophy girlfriend. They all they do is they look cute. And then mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. that, like they don't even have it. They can't even have a conversation with me. Mm -hmm. And this person could actually have a conversation mm -hmm. with me. And so I think there's like ways that we're attracted to each other and why we're attracted to each other. Um, mm -hmm. It's interesting watching somebody kind of come into that and be at the mm -hmm. very beginning of that. And so it's, but it's all very valid. And I think as we get older, then it, we just, 
can like process that nuance just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, everything I just mentioned was more sort of aesthetic than, than, you know, character based, but the question wasn't like, what do you no. look for in a partner, you know, like, yeah, but, no, or like exactly. in a potential, but like, you know, when you, I'm already in a partnership. I have, you know, I, I'm, 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 I have a wonderful, wonderful relationship with my partner. So when it comes to like the physical act of sex with another person, these are kind of the, the, the things that turn me on or that turn me off. Um, totally. But yeah, I mean, I've, I've definitely always been, it, it, it was challenging for a time and still is sometimes that like, I was so eager to form connections and and what usually would create the initial spark between me and somebody or the initial interest was their appearance, you know, being physically attracted to them. Um, so much so that I definitely um, probably superimposed a lot of characteristics and qualities that I was looking for onto like boys that I thought were hot, like oh, <laughs> hoping that they would, that they would, uh, they would be there. And then, you know, they're, they're not. And so uh, I definitely had a feeling like uh, I, I wish I could like, as I was saying, like with my partner, like he kind of his his entry point into attraction is like friendship. Friendship first can lead to attraction. Um, and for me, that's never really been the case. Like if I connect with somebody as friends and I'm not attracted to them first, we usually just deepen our friendship. I've never really been in an exchange where like the attraction has built over time where it wasn't there in, in the beginning. And so, yeah, it takes, it, 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 it takes some time to kind of like parse through what, what, what makes you compatible with somebody just as like two humans versus, you know, what makes you want somebody um, because of like physical attraction. And it, it, it means like when it's there, it's, it's actually more special when you can, when you can be really physically attracted to somebody. And there's also a compatibility in just your, your energetics and, and your, your interests and, um, the way that you love, you know, uh, or the way that you receive love, like that's, that's rare. I mean, to, for me, that's been rare and that's, that's been something you have to discover over time. Yeah. But definitely, I mean, I spent a good portion of my, my twenties chasing after people that I had a physical attraction to that uh, really uh, had, <laughs> could not have been like more incorrect for me just in, on a human to human level, but I was like yeah, so but, eager. So. Yeah. I've had some people where I'm like, this person is going to be bad for me, but I'm going to need to touch it still. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm grateful. I mean, all the people that I have, that I have had as partners, you know, um, were, were examples of people that I had a lot of physical attraction to, and then discovered that who they were, um, was, was also someone that I felt was worthy of, of, my time and energy in, in relationship. I mean, even the ones that didn't, I don't really see any of my relationships as failures. Like they, they all were successful, you know, in the ways that they were. And I have love for all my, all my exes. Um, But yeah, that's, that's sort of what the relationships that stuck and that were meaningful and that, that, uh, that I chose to go the distance with, you know, for the time that we did. Mm. were were sparked initially through physical attraction and then it was like oh surprise you're also a wonderful person um, yes yeah. yeah 
Mm. Okay. Thank you for, um, we're going to wrap right here and, and we're going to jump to a part two, but I think as we, and this it just is reminding me, I, I remembered one other situation with a, a the dude I was, I was with for about a year, my mm-hmm. last relationship. And when we were starting to open up things and the, you know, there's some communication things, but on the topic of jealousy, where I was like, I did have a moment of jealousy that arose then. And I remember in this kind of conversation, we, we began with confidence and mm-hmm. I think confidence in the way that we arrive in a room and the way that we lean in regardless, you know, like not regardless, like bringing the different gifts and the different ways we might quote unquote, penetrate each other energetically, mm-hmm. physically. I think there was this moment after um, this, this dude and I like had this, you know, conversation where I had to come into myself and be like, okay, like, who am I? And I think this, again, this choice of in sexuality and sensual living of like, where is my confidence lie? And I was like, hand to heart, like, I am love. I am love. And I think that looping, and I just like want to end on this note here of Mm -hmm. like part one of like that confidence of like finding self in this. And it's not a fast journey, but um, Mm -hmm. it's like through these, these points where we're like wrenched from a, an old understanding to a new understanding where you're like, okay, who am I? Who am I? That Mm -hmm. definitely powerful for me. And thank you for, for sharing those for, from you today too. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Thanks for asking me to have this conversation. And that's probably my, my downtown. Uh, anyway, all, all the alarms, all the You're sound. Oh, okay. <laughs> hearing, <laughs> hearing sirens. Um, yeah. Thank you for asking me to, to participate. And thank you for asking these particular questions. I'm, I am such an open book, but it's, it's rare that anyone has like wanted to know this about my sex life. Uh, certainly in a public way. Um, and it's yeah. nice to be able to share. Certainly the, you know, as a gay man, there's a lot of shame that, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of kind of secrecy um, that that enshrouds our, I mean, it's probably for anybody, but enshrouds our like sex life and, and what we were willing to share and disclose. And I just appreciate that you're interested in in shining a light on these things because I think they're, they're universal themes, whether you're gay, straight, whatever. Um, yeah, but it's, it's cathartic just to like, let it all be out in the open. So thank you. Mm, thank you. Well, I'm excited for part two. Yeah. Um, anybody who's listening, stay tuned, jump to part two, where we're going to dive into, into some more. Okay. <laughs> so keep it sexy y'all. And we'll talk to you soon. Cool. Thanks funny. Thank you so much for getting your sexy on with me today hearing what you loved, what you learned, or what you're going to share with your lover makes me so damn happy. You can jump on my weekly sexy Sunday email. You can find that link in the show notes and we can connect through there. And it would super turn me on if you left a rating and review about how much this podcast is giving you life until next time. Mwah.